1: CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing, On Location, featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. We now take you On Location from Cannaways Ignite 2017 in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt. I'm live at the Canaway event in Phoenix, Arizona. And sitting with me is the very infamous, the very powerful Nick Lowry. Welcome, Nick. Well,
1: I hope infamous for the right reasons. And I hope powerful only this in the sense that anything that I do in my life uh, is helping everyone find their purpose. And, and when your purpose is that and you do what you love doing, only good things happen.
0: You know, so for those of you, I'd love for you, if you would, to sort of take us back and give us a, a bit of a timeline on your personal journey because I think the life you've lived, especially committing yourself to creating a, a better world around you, I think is such a wonderful and commendable thing. You've established several different foundations which are benefiting hundreds if not thousands of people on a consistent basis. But let's let's start back. You started off as a pro bowler,
1: correct? Well, I... Um actually started off even before that. I was uh, played football at Dartmouth College and uh, didn't know if I'd make it in the NFL and uh, actually was cut by eight NFL teams 11 times or at least rejected in tryouts and uh, went through a personal transformation of realizing that the journeys we are on to find our purpose, to find our passion uh, requires incredible persistence. And yet after two years, uh, of working on the on Capitol Hill, actually for Senator John Chafee, Rhode Island, on environmental issues, and Senator Bob Packwood on safety issues. I, I made it in, in the NFL and and um, did a lot of things in off seasons. More than half my off seasons, I came back to Washington and worked there. I could live with mom and dad and and um, have a few months with them, and then work uh, for several senators, and then uh, worked in '88 for uh, the Drug Abuse Policy Office. Right at the time when they were talking about, we need a drug czar because there was a big issue with crack cocaine and uh, three strikes, you're out uh, legislation in California. And, uh, of course, we know uh, leading to an enormous amount of really unnecessary incarceration of people compared to you know, those folks that really should be in prison that are violent offenders. And now we've kind of come full circle 30, 29 years later uh, with an awareness. But the, the thing I was saying earlier today uh was isn't it interesting that in 1988 and most of the year since it took till 9 till 2017 for me to hear about CBDs because all we ever heard about uh, we talk about all sorts of drugs and and the tension between education and treatment versus punishment back in 88 but the truth is why didn't we hear about and why haven't we heard about it? and most importantly how do we now so because we can't cry over the past how do we now help more people get educated, read uh, at least several, if not all, 23,000 research papers that have uh, helped endorse uh, CBDs and endocannabinoids for uh, what they do to protect cells, protect the brain, and help any number of conditions improve. And if I was a doctor and I remembered the the words of the Hippocratic Oath, uh, do no harm and cause no pain and, and heal, essentially, why wouldn't I examine something that clearly has an enormous uh, factual record of healing people and most specifically of course is the journey itself for my brothers from the NFL uh, if I went through three joint replacement surgeries all on my left side, my left ankle, my left shoulder most recently and then what's called a hemi knee replacement six years ago, um, and the pain I went through extraordinary uh, uh, levels of Arthritis, the largest bone spur they'd ever seen, three uh, cysts in my left shoulder, and I was a kicker. Well, I did play lots of sports, but uh, the pain, the daily pain, the daily mood swings, uh, the daily uh, disconnects, the dementia, the the fear of never being the same again. Uh, I could mention several hall of famers, word for word what they told me, but out of respect, I'll uh, hopefully we'll let them say it themselves if they want to. But but they are proud men. They are courageous people who've worked through pain their whole lives, and they don't want to make excuses. They're achievers. They're overcomers. But there comes a time when their health condition is so significant, the pain so bad, that um, they're desperate. And uh, we've seen a number of suicides. Uh, and some that were self-inflicted long-term suicides like my dear friend and teammate for two years Mike Webster like Junior Seau uh, and uh, Dave Doerson. Dave Doerson was a player up with me uh, for the Players Association. Um, that is a level of desperation that's it's impossible to put into words. So the bottom line is I'm here because I know that education uh, and uh, doing the right thing is what America should be about, and the right Americans are about that already. Let's do our job to educate as many people and give them a choice that is healthy, that's safe, that doesn't create secondary issues like every single, everybody listening, every single pharmaceutical product ever created, not by God, like hemp and cannabis, which I never thought I'd be saying this, but everything, no matter how beautiful it is, as a last resort, absolutely miraculous things have been done and are being done with medicine. My very best friend from Dartmouth College is a wonderful doctor in prostate cancer. But the truth is, every pharmaceutical creation, every prescription always has a secondary effect that creates other issues, some unanticipated, some known, and we just bite the bullet. Why not start with something, not end with something, like endocannabinoids that have a tremendous track record that can help people get to a place where they're thinking more clearly, where they're not making decisions based on fatigue and pain, every single day of their lives.
0: Amen. I mean, there, I have nothing. I have nothing more to say. That was eloquently put. And I think, you know, there's there's two things that are so very important here: the fact that you know, being a player on the field, you do get beat up a lot and you're there to play you're getting paid a lot of money you've got fans that are coming out to the stands and they want to see you at your best and as you said you guys are all overachievers and what happens when you're on the playing field and you hurt yourself they bring you back they throw you in some cold buckets they put you on some opiates and toss you back out on the field and time and time again that compounds so when you have tremendous pain When you feel perhaps like maybe it's your turn not to be on the field, it's a scary feeling because that's so much of who you are. And now that pain turns into, like you said, almost a psychosis, deep depression, and what comes first, the chicken or the egg? How does someone actually cope and deal with that? And reasonably, cannabis can help with both the anxiety and the depression as well as the physical pain. But I think when you can deal with your pain being diminished, you can live a much more happy and full of quality life. Let me
1: say something too. What happens with those that are part of that pharmaceutical uh, complex, um, who wants to give up the gravy train of money? They become addicted, which is human nature, to the money and it obscures, if not damages permanently, their notion of being the healer. And so, let me just say, that there are those of the us that will have to deal with misinformation and disinformation. Uh, that they're potheads, but I don't smoke pot. I smoke pot in at Dartmouth College when we won the World Beer Pong Championship with with Steve Solomon. I'm coming clean. In 1977, in the spring, I smoke pot, but I don't smoke pot now. This is not about smoking pot. Some people here do. I don't believe in that. What I believe in is endocannabinoids and cbds in the pain um, treatment that is absolutely proven and that's what people need to be able to examine for themselves without all this noise about oh my kids are going to be addicted to this or that it's not going to happen and there's so much scientific information that I think really it's going to be truly all about not selling one single bit, but just educating people so they can make their own decisions. Well,
0: that's it, right? Everything, everything. I think, in life, the information is power, but the wrong information is horribly debilitating, which is unfortunately what we've seen for several you know, presidential administrations. And I think the exciting thing, whether it be, because I think there's nothing wrong. Personally, I think there's nothing wrong in smoking pot or using whatever modality works best for you to get the medicine you need, I think people should be granted legal and safe access to it. But it's interesting, the mentality. So when you have a doctor who takes a Hippocratic Oath and he cares deeply for the patient's success who he's taking care of, but when he's been trained to write prescriptions for opiates and it's the easiest and fastest way to mask a problem and get someone back on the field, it's not as much as they're doing something because they're they're trying to just put a piece of tape on it. It's what they've been taught and it's interesting because everyone says the same thing oh it's not about getting high oh it's you know it's a, it's a last resort but why why sh- it shouldn't be a last resort today and when you look at that it's it's socially we're gonna acceptable ones,
1: we're going to be the ones that yeah. turn it from a last resort to a, an ethical uh, extremely well-informed initial choice um and you know, for those that smoke pot, I'm not going to comment on that. I, this, that's that's their own choice. But for me, I'm so excited that we can help so many players dealing with. Um, and my friend Christian Okoye led the NFL in rushing. A very, very serious neck surgery. Um, And he's much better now, but he has to deal with pain. My friend, Pete Koch, who played and was an actor with Clint Eastwood, played six, seven years in the NFL with the Chiefs and the Raiders, neck surgery. Um, you know, Dealing with pain in every single joint in your body. And, of course, what you saw in the movie Concussion, Dr. Bennett Amala, who's been on the advisory board for Cannaway. Um, We did a special feature with the uh, premiere of that movie, thanks to Sony Pictures. And uh, my teammate, Mike Webster, listening to him talk so excitedly about retirement and being with his family finally and, um, you know, being able to be a businessman and put football behind him. And then five years later, he's dying in a truck. He's homeless. And uh, a couple years later, he's dead. That is we don't shouldn't treat anybody that way but to treat truly one of the heroes of the game one of the gladiators of the game that way it's unnecessary and it's really criminal to me
0: good for you i agree nick lowry i hope you spend a lot more time with us thank you you. for um assisting those ...in need to uh, to have a better sense of self and a better quality of life. This is Brandi Shapiro-Babin reporting live at the Cannaway event in Phoenix.
1: Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing. On location, only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone.